breathing the dust and damp of the place, he finally stood in the door of her sanctuary. Her flaxen hair lay long and straight over the deep green velvet of her bed, and her dress in loose folds revealed the rounded breasts and limbs of a young woman. He opened the shuttered windows. The sunlight flooded down on her, and approaching her, he gave a soft gasp as he touched her cheek and her teeth through her parted lips, and then her tender, rounded eyelids. Her face was perfect to him, and her embroidered gown had fallen deep into the crease between her legs so that he could see the shape of her sex beneath it. He drew out his sword, with which he had cut back all the vines outside, and, gently slipping the blade between her breasts, let it rip easily through the old fabric. Her dress was laid open to the hem, and he folded it back and looked at her. Her nipples were a rosy pink as were her lips, and the hair between her legs was darkly yellow and curlier than the long, straight hair of her head, which covered her arms almost down to her hips on either side of her. He cut the sleeves away, lifting her ever so gently to free the cloth and the weight of her hair seemed to pull her head down over his arms, and her mouth opened just a little bit wider. He put his sword to one side. He removed his heavy armor, and then he lifted her again, his left arm under her shoulders, his right hand between her legs, his thumb on top of her pubis. She made no sound, but if a person could moan silently, Then she made such a moan with her whole attitude. Her head fell towards him, and he felt the hot moisture against his right hand. And laying her down again, he cupped both of her breasts and sucked gently on one and then the other. They were plump and firm, these breasts. She'd been fifteen when the curse struck her, and he bit at her nipples, moving the breasts almost roughly so as to feel their weight and then lightly he slapped them back and forth, delighting in this. His desire had been hard and almost painful to him when he had come into the room, and now it was urging him almost mercilessly. He mounted her, parting her legs, giving the white inner flesh of her thighs a soft, deep pinch, and clasping her right breast in his left hand, he thrust his sex into her. He was holding her up as he did this, to gather her mouth to him, and as he broke through her innocence, he opened her mouth with his tongue and pinched her breast sharply. He sucked on her lips, he drew the life out of her into himself, and feeling his seed explode within her, heard her cry out. And then her blue eyes opened. Beauty, he whispered to her. She closed her eyes. Her golden eyebrows brought together in a little frown, and the sun gleaming on her broad white forehead. He lifted her chin, kissed her throat, and drawing his organ out of her tight sex, heard her moan beneath him. She was stunned. He lifted her until she sat naked, one knee crooked on the ruin of her velvet gown on the bed, which was as flat and hard as a table. I've awakened you, my dear, he said to her. For a hundred years you've slept, and so have all those who loved you.
Listen, listen. You'll hear this castle come alive as no one before you has ever heard it. Already a shriek had come from the passage outside. The serving girl was standing there with her hands to her lips. And the prince went to the door to speak to her. Go to your master, the king. Tell him the prince has come who was foretold to remove the curse on this household. Tell him I shall be closeted now with his daughter. He shut the door, bolting it, and turned to look at Beauty. Beauty was covering her breasts with her hands, and her long, straight, golden hair, heavy and full of a great, silky density, flared down to the bed around her. She bowed her head so that the hair covered her. But she looked at the prince, and her eyes struck him as devoid of fear or cunning. She was like those tender animals of the wood just before he slew them in the